the Ghost Goal Podcast. I haven't got a chance to say this in a while, but a lot of things change in a week in the Premier League. As Tottenham went to Manchester City, got their biggest result of the season, opening up the race for the league title once again, before going to Turf Moor on Wednesday and losing 1-0 to relegation strugglers Burnley. There's plenty more than that to preview uh, coming up this weekend, but welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast, episode 346. I'm Alex, here with Javier. That Tottenham side are going to be going up to uh, Leeds to try and get their season back on track. Let me finish off with a couple of the, the previews. I want to let the people know what we're going to talk about today, Javier. Because other than that Leeds-Tottenham game between two struggling sides, we've got Manchester United-Watford uh, also on Saturday. Everton versus Manchester City to close things out on Saturday afternoon. And then a Carabao Cup final between Chelsea and Liverpool uh, that's going to prevent Arsenal from playing this weekend, Javier. But let's start with your Gunners. We'll give you the the one uh, recap uh, since your side's not playing this weekend. We can talk about this right off the bat. Javier, first of all, how are you doing? And uh, uh, how do you feel after that well, last minute win for the Gunners well, Alex, today? I've been better. I don't know how you got that far without mentioning that this is this is a dark day in history, and uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to the Ukrainian people. And uh, we don't know how this is going to affect football, but. Russian invasion of Ukraine happened today. Well, you know, when earlier when we were recording this and, you know, there's rumors that it might affect Chelsea and maybe Everton because they have Russian owners. Oh, so that's why you bring it yeah. up. I was about to say. I was just uh, saying it might be relevant. Th- this isn't that kind of podcast. It isn't, it isn't I mean, yeah, but it, it might is, be relevant. It, is, it, it might be relevant to, to football and it's worth mentioning. I'm, I don't, we don't have to go into it, obviously. The but. one, the one way I can immediately say it is uh, relevant to football is that they might be moving the location of the Champions League final because it is scheduled to be in Saint Petersburg. That's almost May. assuredly happening. Uh, it looks like that's going to be that's going to be changed on Friday. Uh, it's supposedly both Arsenal and the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, the, the two of the stadiums along with Wembley, that's being discussed for hosting the final. So. I mean, not that either of those two clubs would have any chance of, you know, enjoying that occasion. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it would be nice if like maybe Chelsea could win the European Cup uh, at the Emirates or... No, uh, I don't think I'd like that. It would always be a favorite stadium no, of ours after like that. that. Exactly. I don't think I'd like that. Let's not, t- let's not so, bid for it. I don't want the, it. The reason, the reason I didn't bring up Ukraine right off the bat, obviously I agree with everything you're saying. It is a, a dark and anxiety-inducing day, but... Um, Football goes on for now. I'm going to wait, uh, in regards to what you said about Chelsea and Roman Abramovich, I'm going to wait to see the the concrete news that develops on that, just because there's so many more important things in regards to that topic that like should be discussed first. That like football, football and its relation to that like isn't really on my mind. Like whatever needs to be done to resolve that situation in the most peaceful way possible, I'm all for it. You know, so. However, that links to Chelsea and Roman Abramovich owning Chelsea. I'll let you guys, you know, fill in the blanks there. All right. And now back to fun, back to fun, back to the fun time. Uh, we've got Premier League games coming up this weekend. You know what? No, I asked you about Arsenal. Yeah, here we you, go. You, you threw right. away your five minutes right. that I gave you, Javier. I told you before we started recording five minutes on Arsenal and you, you forfeited your time. Uh, so let's move on to Leeds versus Tottenham. <laughs> uh, no, Alex, that's definitely not happening. <laughs> 
I'm very proud. I'm Go proud ahead, of my Gunners, ahead. Alex. We got two wins. We beat Brentford two one, and we beat Wolves two one. Good, good. Uh, we beat you know, three wins in a row after a small little you know spurt of um, bad form with that loss to Manchester City and then a draw against Burnley. But we've we've rounded back into form with you know players who. We haven't had Tomiyasu in the side this entire time. Cedric's been a good... He's played very well, actually, at that right-back role. Hasn't really put a, too many feet wrong. Occasionally makes an error or two that maybe Tomiyasu wouldn't make, and he's obviously not as good in the air. Um, but on the ground, and his crossing is, is pretty decent. So, um, you know, his, his, his play on the ball is, is as good as probably as it ever was on Southampton. He's, he's been a decent backup for us. Um, and Thomas... Thomas has been absolutely amazing. He's gone back to kind of that octopus style where he's the center of our midfield and he kind of plays by himself. He kind of plays in the midfield by himself. And then we have these two triangles that we play in front of him of Xhaka and Odegaard, who are the receiving at the bottom end of the, of the triangles. And then you have Saka and either Smithrow or Martinelli, who, who played in, the, in this Wolves game uh, today. They inter- and they're playing out on yeah, the they're wings, playing out on the wings. Shaka and Odegaard, they're playing just ahead yes, of Partey. Yes, just ahead of Partey. And then Lacazette drops into midfield and kind of assists Odegaard, uh, Thomas, Shaka. Uh, all of them really... Lacazette was constantly dropping into midfield, doing work defensively. I mean, he was even making tackles in the box. The- Lacazette, I saw him coming back to your own corner by the corner flag to get possession like help beat the Wolves press and then play it out to uh, one of the wingbacks who would then center it to Xhaka in some space and then Xhaka would switch it. So, I mean, it's good for helping you guys like control games and and beat the press. I'm still not 100% certain that like Lacazette is going to be able to score you guys enough goals. You're going to need players like Pepe and Nketiah who stepped up today to combine for the equalizer. You're going to need more performances like that from those kinds of players. And if you get it, then top four is I mean, yours. Yeah, it was a, it, it was a that. it was a huge performance. I just from Pepe. I just think those players yeah. those players will falter at some point, and I think Manchester United, despite them not really giving me any reason to believe in them, I just still think they're going to get top four, regardless. And Arsenal just still have like too inexperienced of a squad to keep this up for the remaining fourteen games of the season. Well, I think my, yeah, I'm just going to keep it one hundred. And, and, and my my counter to that is just that Arteta right now has expelled everything from the squad that I think was causing this team to, to, to sputter, to do things that were, you know, making the team implode um, as well as causing the team not to score goals because for the first half of the season up until December, you know, we were one of the worst teams offensively in the league. I don't know if you remember, but they were, you know, Arsenal were just really bad offensively. We yep. couldn't get anything going. And that was with Aubameyang. Once Aubameyang, once Aubameyang, once Aubameyang left, left, that's when everything we started clicked. Sco- we scored like 17 goals in, in, in like six games or something like that. So, you know, it, 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 it's been a, a complete night and day difference ever since he left. And yeah, I'm... Uh, very hopeful of the future when, you know, because Lacazette, you can clearly tell that's the one piece right now missing in the side. Xhaka also doesn't really fit. Anyone who's watching can tell those are the two players that, like, you need clear upgrades on Xhaka and Lacazette because both of them don't carry the same level of play that everyone else in the squad carries. But everyone else is playing at an extremely high level. And when players come on right now, they're playing at an extremely high level. Like, all of our substitutes come on and they're not just, like, 
cold or not playing at like it's what at uh, top teams Arsenal doesn't have necessarily the like big money depth even though bringing on Nico Pepe a 70 million dollar signing is to get your the, the the game winner there is 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 massive right like there's not a lot of teams in the Premier League that can do that um but we still have a lot of youth that can that produce at that same level. Players like Smith Rowe, like Martinelli, like Sacco didn't, didn't cost any money. But they're they're they are sixty, seventy, eighty million pound players, you know, and these are players who right now you think that they're not as consistent to, to get get a stop for the season, but they haven't slowed down. Like it's now been three I, months of them that, like consistently performing. I, I, yeah, that that that's and, true. And, and over but the long we're coming term, coming into the run-in. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's we're see if they can the continue it. coming into the run-in where those games get yeah. tighter and the pressure gets higher, and you know you need to win certain games on certain days to sort of keep a gap in top four. I'm talking about weeks in the future, not necessarily right now. But you know, you guys have those two games in hand on United. You could. They're they're tough games. It's the the Chelsea game away and uh, the Liverpool game at home. Uh, plus, you have a game with. Tottenham away. I know that doesn't seem daunting right now, but you just don't know when those games are going to be rescheduled for, what kind of form those teams are going to be in, when you eventually end up playing them. Uh, you, you can't just look at those two games in hand and think, okay, yeah, we, we're going to pass Arsenal United. Arsenal have as many wins as Chelsea this season, Alex. Yeah, that's because we draw like more games. We draw like the same amount of games as like Burnley do. This is Us, true. Burnley and Crystal Palace true. are just draw machines at the moment. But those are our own issues. We'll get to those a little bit later in the pod when we talk about that that cup final. Enough Arsenal, Alex. Uh, we'll talk about on. them when they play in uh, in a week here. Yes. No, I mean, it's Liverpool Chelsea, Javier. You got you got to mention it. You know, it's a big game, biggest game this weekend, bigger than any game in the Premier League. Uh, but that being said, uh, Friday the Premier League week will start with Southampton hosting Norwich. Norwich are now on bottom after Newcastle have uh, turned their form around to get up to 18th place. Norwich went from 18th and 17th themselves to back down at the bottom. Do you give them any chance in this one against an informed Southampton side, or or are we we giving them no chance of uh, getting out of relegation anymore? I mean, they definitely still have a chance. They were on decent form before these last couple of losses. They're only five points out of relegation. And their last two games were against Manchester City and Liverpool. So the opposition is significantly less less good here. And I kind of think this is the type of... Still a tough game, though, away at Southampton. It is, but I kind of think this is the type of game that uh, Norwich could, could fancy themselves to maybe get something. Southampton are on phenomenal form right now, though. Um, you know, recently beat Everton 2-0, got a 1-1 draw with Manchester United, beat Tottenham, drew Manchester City. So... I think it's a narrow, okay, so narrow I'll, Southampton defeat. I'll say two one. Or two, two one, one Southampton win. Norwich. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll. I guess I'll take back the, or sort of suggesting Norwich are definitely going to get uh, relegated because these next three games away at Southampton, home against Brentford and at Leeds. They're going to be looking at those games thinking they can get they, some points. If they look, yeah, they should be looking at those games and thinking seven points at least and we, we can, you know, go from there at the very least. But after that, they have games with Chelsea, Brighton, Burnley, Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's but these next three games are, you know, they should be targeting them to not lose at all, try and get two wins and a draw. And then, 
see what happens around them. It's uh, certainly very volatile down at the bottom of the league right now. But the Saturday slate of games will start with the aforementioned Leeds-Tottenham game at Elland Road. Leeds are coming off a, a second terrible week of the season where they conceded four to Manchester United, one of their uh, biggest historical rivals at home last week, losing 4-2. And in midweek, uh, the other day, they lost 6-0 at Liverpool. They were down 3-0 at halftime, game ended 6-0. Uh, Liverpool really put them to the sword. So it, it's kind of the the battle of the downtrodden sides. And I, I'm guessing you and I are going to be leaning towards Tottenham getting a result I, here. I think, I think so, because... Since they've... Since they've won a game more yeah, recently and, Leeds, and looked pretty good Leeds against have City, they've conceded three goals in their last four games, three or more goals in their last four games. So even against Villa, they had a three-three draw. They lost three-nil to Everton, six-nil to Liverpool, and like you said, four-nil. So like, I think four-two, well, four, two. yeah, four-two to, to Manchester, Manchester United. United. So that's so many goals. I think Tottenham score a few. The Son and Kane are playing really well right now, and. I'm going to say, uh, I, I think it's going to be a fun well, we one. Ha- we I'm have- going to say like 4-2 Tottenham. I think Tottenham defensively haven't been playing very well. They've they've lost four out of the we, last five games. We have to bring games. up just how up and down this past week has been for them. Like I said in the intro, they, they go from having probably the biggest win of the season for them and maybe in the league as a whole. Like that was... That was completely ridiculous. I picked Manchester City 4-1, and we still mentioned how, you know, we could be made to look like idiots by Tottenham because they always seem to show up against City, and I still, just from what I had seen from Manchester City, just wasn't even entertaining it. And Harry Kane goes in and puts in one of, like, the performances of the season uh, for an individual player. He had a part in all three of the goals, and that's just not the end of the story of their week because they come right back down to earth losing 1-0 at Burnley, who now look in pretty good shape to, you know, not get relegated, like I like I said a few weeks ago. To have, the, like, that, th- those two contrasting results, like three or four days apart from each other, I, I think it just cements the, the, the argument in one way that who's going to win out in this, Antonio Conte or Spurs being Spursy? And it's, it's obviously Spurs being Spursy. Antonio Conte seems completely defeated already, and we're only like two months in. Did you see his interview after the Burnley yeah, game? Yeah, I mean, it, the thing is, is yeah, I've seen some of the quotes. I didn't see the interview, but Burnley, like you said, I can't believe we were calling them to get relegated. We do this every fucking year. You were calling them to I get relegated. I you said, said it. they were relegated. Uh, I came back after they sound God, reckless and said now they're gonna, all now these they're games gonna stay hand. up. This is ridiculous. I hate they them. <laughs> but I actually love them right now because they did keep Tottenham down. And just the manner of that the way that they played against Tottenham as well, because they did have Harry Kane hit the bar off a free kick. But other than that, the, oh, no, they were dog the shit. entire they were dog game Burnley. was Burnley. And I was kind of shocked because... Maybe it was they used all their. Can you really be shocked? No, maybe though? they used all their energy against Manchester City. Who knows? I I, I don't know. It it wasn't that. It's. It, I think it was literally the come down from playing against the league champions, away at the Etihad. It's pretty much every Tottenham team's do this so often. Fixture. It's why they're not going to get top four. 
but and also Javier, the emotional like investment and like out, outpouring that they had to win that Manchester City game, getting you know going ahead three times and the last one being right at the death after they just conceded a penalty late on, the emotion that like they had to to give and the energy they had to give to get that result. You could just see when they walked out on the pitch against Burnley in the literally torrential downpour of whatever storm is rolling through England right now, whether I think it's like Storm Franklin God, or Burnley Eunice just wanted or, it more, man. Yeah, but it was that, but it was also things like did you see Bentancor try to tackle Josh Brownhill and he just slipped because it was, like I said, a torrential downpour and he looked like he got shot by a sniper. It was literally like, can you do it on a cold, rainy night at Turf Moor? Like, they're the new Stoke. We've said made this joke plenty of times, but this was the embodiment of that. And it was Bentancor, like a new player, you know, obviously very experienced in Serie A, but you know, still new to the Premier League. He must have been looking around at like the Burnley bodies flying on set pieces and the overly physical play. He must have been looking around thinking, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? Like... <laughs> Like, these guys are crazy. They're like absolute animals compared to anything he's probably seen in Syria. So it's all that kind of shit, plus Tottenham being Tottenham. So congratulations, Spurs. You you, you had a big win, but we, we said when we were previewing those two games in last week's pod, the City game and yeah, the Burnley game, we said, even right. if Tottenham get a result against City, it means nothing if they don't beat Burnley. Like, even if they drew that Burnley game, you immediately would have just been like, oh, yeah, they're not in the top four race. So, so we got to strike Tottenham out, say that they're out of here. No more chances for top I think four. So. Yeah, I mean, unless they go on a crazy run and, and beat Manchester United and Arsenal in, in, in the games that they have against them, it's possible, but it's very, very unlikely. Which at they this could, point. but I mean, I just think, I just think the, the Antonio Conte stuff. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he was basically saying like the the club itself needs to like have an assessment of like whether it's worth paying him like the third highest salary for for a manager in the league. It is right now Pep, Klopp, Conte. He's making like 14 million this season. And Tuchel's only making like 7 million. So Conte's stating all kinds of shit like I can't like continue to take the salary and lose four out of five games. Like it's not in my character, and I believe him when he says it. So he might not be here in the next couple of weeks. He might be looking at like another caretaker manager for Tottenham until the end of the season. <sighs> but are right, are you still going to stick by whatever your prediction was of Tottenham winning yeah, this think, weekend? I think Tottenham win. I'll say three two. I think it'll be tighter. I'll say three two. I'm going to say 2-2. Two, because two. Tottenham are an emotional roller coaster of these teams. Right yeah, so are Leeds. Frankly, I mean, I know one of their goals against United was kind of lucky bullshit. The Rodrigo one that got, like, blown into the, the net from across. But, you know, they still have those, like, bursts of, uh, of energy and goals in them that they could get two goals in, like, ten minutes against Tottenham and, you know, only concede twice themselves. I'll stick with 2-2. Two, two. The 10 a.m. slate of games is, uh, there's going to be four going on at that time. Brentford versus Newcastle, Brighton hosting Aston Villa, and Burnley going to Crystal Palace. But the main game we're going to focus on for that 10 a.m. time slot is Manchester United hosting Watford. If you don't remember, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's last game at the helm of Manchester United was that 4-1 defeat at Vicarage Road earlier this season. 
It hasn't gotten much better for uh, both sides as Watford are still in a relegation battle and Manchester United are still uh, fighting for that uh, final fourth place. They did manage to get a 1-1 draw at Atletico Madrid in the first leg of their Champions League round of 16 match uh, after not playing very well and uh, Anthony Alanga scored from a through ball from um, Bruno Fernandes. But are we confident that they... uh, raise their performance to the level that they get a win here against Watford on Saturday. This does kind of feel like a, a game they could possibly slip up in. Um, but then again, I think Watford defensively are just absolute dog shit and have been for this entire season. Um, you know, they've conceded. Wow, don't hold back, Javier. Yeah, they've conceded 40, yeah, no, I, I 47 goals in 25 games, you know, almost almost two goals per game on average. So with... With that leaky of a back line and Manchester United's front line power that's seemingly now Jaden Sancho, you know, he's on, on a little bit of a run right now. I think he's gotten a few goals, a few assists. He's he's starting to get a little bit of, of, of stats on this Manchester United team and grow in stature a little bit. And Bruno 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 Fernandes, Bruno Fernandes, he's he's just been scoring goals again. I told you I told he you he would, was Terrible he's still getting goals somehow. Against Atletico Madrid. Still, he, he, he got the he assist got the assists, for the Alanga goal. He still gets assists and goals somehow. But dude, I, I, I'm just telling you in that game, I, I, what I was going to say about Sancho is you know I'm his biggest fan. But both Sancho and Bruno were awful against Atletico Madrid. I just say that because, I mean, while I agree with you, they were, they were playing well in league games before that. It was kind of worrying uh, watching those two struggle so much against an Atletico side that, yeah, they can still defend like decently, but they should have created more. There should have been more chances. Oh, Oblak also should have easily more saved of that no. Alanga shot, by the way. Oblak is such dog shit but, right now. All the Atletico fans are calling getting paid are, more are than any other goalkeeper trash. in the world. All the, all, he's apparently having the most nightmare season of his career, just letting in easy goals. But I'm leaning towards a Manchester United win in the spot for game. Just because if you look at the schedule after this, they're going to go to the Etihad to play Manchester City, then they'll host Spurs, then they go to Liverpool, and then they host Leicester, and then the schedule kind of eases up after that. So they've got a four four game stretch in the league after this. That you know, I'm not I'm not sure how many games they're getting wins in. Maybe the Spurs home game, but Liverpool and City, it's going to be tough. Uh, so a game like Watford, they're going to look at it and think they they need that extra effort to ensure that they have the guaranteed three points against the relegation side. I think they win 2-1. Maybe a scare, but they eventually push through and get the 2-1 win. Did you give your pick already? No, I'll, I think it'll be a little more comfortable, say 2-0. Okay, Saturday will close up with Everton hosting Manchester City Saturday at 12.30 p.m., Frank Lampard hasn't won an away game yet at the helm. Uh, I think he's lost two away games and he's won his only home game uh, against Leeds. This Manchester City team are going to be looking to bounce back with a vengeance, though. They have not played since that that Tottenham game last weekend. They'll have a full week's rest, just like Frank's Everton, I guess. But uh, how bad do you think this is going to get? I think Everton right now are, are changing an identity into a more attacking side. And I think Frank's not going to try to sit back and defend. I think he will play his five at the back, but he'll still try to get at them with through the wing backs and, and, and you know, play offensively still against his Manchester City team. So I think Everton's score, 
Um, but I think City score many times on them. So I kind of think it'll be a fun one. I'll say 4-2 Manchester City. 4-2? Okay. I'm thinking 3-1 Manchester City. I, I, I agree with you. Man- Frank, every time Chelsea played against Manchester City, he definitely did not uh, sit back and defend. He... <laughs> Pushed onwards and uh, and you know tried to like you said expose City uh, d- down the wings and most of the time it did not work out. We lost most of the time. The only time I remember it working was the game that sealed the league title for Liverpool when Christian Pulisic scored uh, after the uh, lockdown. I just don't think he has the tools to have that same sort of impact against this Manchester City team. Even even at Goodison Park with the fans like fully behind them. Yeah, 3-1 Manchester City seems the most likely outcome to me. I do want to take this moment just to hit on Manchester City in regards to how worried are you about uh, Manchester City's chances of retaining the title? Because the lead well, is down Alex, now to three well, points. Alex, I was, yeah, I was about to say, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and uh, Liverpool currently have the top three goal scorers in the Premier League right now and the top three assist players with the most assists it's insane and as well as manchester city are playing they keep having these weird slip-ups right the one like the southampton game the javier let let me stop you before you keep going the last time manchester city lost a game was this tottenham game before tottenham was october 30th Oh, never mind, Alex. They don't really slip up. They never slip up. I I know you what you're about to do. You're about to go into like whatever their schedules are or something. I, I you don't even need to do that. My biggest hot take after that that uh, Tottenham it's, loss. It's, it's how many goals Liverpool that, that have scored. Actually, yeah, and, no. And I, adding I, Luis I, the title Diaz race is now back on. Is, the pressure is, is, is still is on them. Sick. If, they have seventy goals. If Liverpool can. Javier, if Liverpool can get to that early April game, I think it's early April where they go to the Etihad, they can get to that game still within this kind of range, even if it's four points around then. If they get, if they keep it around this until that Etihad game away at Manchester City, then they're, they're going to fancy themselves. You know, Liverpool have that confidence. They're the only other team in the league that's like won the title recently enough to have the confidence that they feel like they can pull this off. I, I give them that. But I actually think that Tottenham result reflects more poorly on Manchester City's prospects of winning the Champions League. Because it showed you how in a one-game scenario against a team that's got like two to three players up top who can change a game by themselves, that front three of Kane, Kulisevsky, and Son tore them to shreds. It wasn't just the three goals they scored. It was the way they were able to counter counterattack, hold the ball up for each other. If Manchester City run into a Bayern Munich, if they're back in form, or a PSG, or even Liverpool or, or Chelsea in the Champions League, those scenarios are, are going to be the same. It's going to be one of these of is not quality. like the others, by the way. Just because you won one Champions League, shut the fuck up. Kai Alex. Havertz, Javier. Kai Havertz. He's a big game player. He scored against them in the Champions League final before. He can do it again. You like that? It happened last year, Javier. Plus, we have a better defense than all of those teams. You like that? <laughs> nah, you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is that Manchester City got undone in a one-game scenario by a team that had ruthless attacking quality up top. And that, yes, that was Tottenham, and it was Harry Kane performing better than we've seen in a year. 
uh, plus Son and Kulisevsky playing well also. But that's going to be the level of performance that Manchester City are going to run into against these top-level Champions League sides. So they're going to need to sort something out. Kyle Walker and Ruben Diaz and Laporte looked very poor at times there, so they're going to need to clean that up. And, you know, they have the, still have the best defensive record in the league, so they could do that, certainly. But uh, I, I, I think they're going to close out the league season. Liverpool will slip up here and there. But it might have a bigger effect on their chances of winning the Champions League. Let's move on to this West Ham Wolves game, Sunday at 9 a.m. Two teams that uh, were kind of in the Champions League slash European places discussion, but have kind of fallen off of late. Wolves themselves have still only really lost to to Arsenal twice in the last couple of weeks. We obviously talked about that from the Arsenal side. Uh, Who needs to win this more, Javier? I mean, both both need to win this. But if West Ham want to keep pretending, Javier, I'm asking you, I'm asking you, which one needs to win more? I think if West Ham want to keep pretending that they're going to make Europe this season, then they're going to have to win this game because they're probably not making fourth place. Because they're still in the Europa League, but... I told you, first half of the season, Javier. Second half of the season, they're going to fall off in the league, but they're going to focus in on that Europa League and try and yeah, win that. Yeah, but if, if they want to go far in that, or if they even want to finish in 6th or 7th to try to get a Europa League spot, they're going to need to win this but type don't, of game. Don't you think that's their best way of getting Champions League? They'd be better off focusing on Europa League rather than trying to get it Well, they do the only league. have one win in five in the league. They just drew 1-1 with Newcastle, 2-2 with Leicester before that, barely beat Watford 1-0, um, and then lost a couple of games. They lost to Leeds before that. Yeah, I I think I think kind of think Wolves are going to win it, though, because Arsenal, for some reason, we, 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 had, a, we had a good game plan against them. I don't know if West Ham are going to be able to execute that same type of game plan against this Wolves team, and the type of control that Wolves are probably going to be able to exert on West Ham will lead it to be a tight game where I I think it's just going to be one goal probably decides it. I kind of think Wolves get it. I'm going the opposite way. One nil Wolves. I'm going the opposite. I'm going the opposite way. I think it's three, two West Ham. These home games for West Ham. Yeah. They're a defensive side, but even against teams like Liverpool and Chelsea, they've had, you know, absolute goal fests that they've come out on top in. They beat Chelsea 3-2 back in December, and they beat Liverpool, like, 4-2 a couple of weeks before that. They they get their best results at home, and this Wolves team is coming off uh, a two-game week, or, you know, they played on Thursday. West Ham had the full week off. This game will be on Sunday, so only two days rest for Wolves after, you know, battling it out with a very good Arsenal side in a, in a game that they, like, had to defend their asses off for most of it and ended up being too defensive and choked it choked it away at the end. So I think they're they're pretty much like depleted from that effort and, you know, put up a fight in the West Ham game but end up losing 3-2. The match week will technically end next Tuesday as Burnley and Leicester will make up a rescheduled game. Do you want to give a pick for that? Or these are just two, you know, bottom half sides. We didn't mention the Crystal Palace Burnley game really, but the, the Burnley have to these two games. You know they're still making up their games in hand. How many points do they get out of Crystal Palace away and Leicester at home? I think they're gonna get four points from that. I think Burnley right now are on on excellent form. They're I think they've only lost one out of their last six or seven games, and they've gotten good results against Manchester United, Arsenal. You know, they given Tottenham. Yeah, I mean it's it's. 
it's looking good for Burnley right now to get out of the relegation zone. Defensively, they're still definitely the best defensive team in the bottom half of the table, and you know it's, that's not particularly close. If they can start sorting out those goals, which they, offensively they're terrible, but they've started to score a little bit more too. And Weghorst can can chip in with like seven or eight goals. They're they're probably going to stay up. Yeah, Weghorst's thing hasn't even. I mean, he's only scored once. He's got like an assist or two, but he's only only got the one goal so far since joining in January. It's just his presence. He just takes defenders' attention away uh, from a bunch of other players around him and gives them the freedom to, you know, nip in for second balls and and ca- cause chaos that way. So if they can get four points from these two games, especially if they get like a draw in the Palace away game over the weekend and then beat Leicester at home, that would be very impressive. I, I would feel pretty confident in my pick for them to uh, avoid relegation if, if that was the case. And we still have so many games to go, so... It's a crazy turnaround for them. Let's divert our attention away from the Premier League because uh, two of the top three sides will meet in this season's Carabao Cup final at Wembley, Sunday at 11.30 a.m., Chelsea and Liverpool. Because of Liverpool's recent goal-scoring form, uh, they had the six goals against Leeds, and last weekend I think they beat Norwich 3-1. They came back from behind to, to win that game, but... Uh, everything ended up clicking into place for them uh, in attacking-wise this week. Do you think that makes them the favorites for this game? I do, because I I kind of think Liverpool are, are, are reaching another level that I didn't think that they would be this season. Number one, because I thought that when Salah and Mane would go to the African Cup of Nations, they would have some sort of slip-up. Yota just kind of seamlessly saw them through that. And then they added and then they Luis, Diaz. Luis Diaz. <laughs> and Konate's come into the team as well. So they have three center backs who are playing at a high level. Matip, Konate, Van Dijk rotating. You know, Van Dijk plays almost every game, but Konate and, and Matip have both have their own partnerships with, with Van Dijk and have been working in different ways. They can They can kind of choose stylistically what type of center back they want and play that type of center back. Konate's a little bit more athletic, more more of a ball-winning center back. Matip's a big aerial presence, you know, can make some big runs forward sometimes and, uh, you know, occasionally chips in uh, in build-up. But it's interesting to to see stylistically this is probably the best offensive team in the league and, and versus the best defensive team in the league. So we're close to it, you know, between you guys and Manchester City. I was about to say, there's a lot of Manchester City fans that would probably say that their team is the best offensive and defensive team in the league. So, well, I think I, I think I it's, think Liverpool now can have you know depths of of offensive talent with Yota, Mane, Salah, Firmino, Luis Diaz. Yeah, and and we haven't. Luis Diaz is only going to get better. I mean, he's he's going to get better and better into this team and be integrated further. And did you, did you like that? That prediction, Javier, when I uh, when I when I threw out the idea of playing Diaz on the left, Mane through the middle, and Sal on the right, Klopp heard heard me and was like, "Ah, very good idea, Alex. Uh, I see you've been playing FIFA and messing around with that." <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's it's an interesting front. I think three, Liverpool win this. Times where, yeah, like, I think Liverpool he's brought win on Firmino this. and done like a front four. I think Liverpool win. See, what if I told one. you, Javier, though? I feel like there's information that's being withheld from you, that you're making a decision based off of, you know, ignorance. It's just the easiest way to say it. What if I told you that uh, Quiven Kelleher will be starting for Liverpool in goal this weekend? 
that would probably change a little bit, but you guys can't score goals. And Keller has been good when he's come in. And what if I told you that Kai Havertz will not be displaced by Romelu Lukaku as the center forward for Chelsea this weekend? Well, then I'd have a little bit more hope for Chelsea. And then what if I told you that Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea has uh, yet to lose to Liverpool in three attempts? We beat them at Anfield end of last season, drew them at Anfield 1-1 earlier this season after playing the second half with 10 men. And then drew them two two at the bridge last oh, month. Alex, you have a very uh, you've been very armed for this argument here, Alex. I'm, you're almost convincing me, but uh, I still almost I still think Liverpool you. win, Alex. Almost Liverpool too good offensively, and uh, as much as you we're too as your, good defensively. As your Kai ha- no, you're not as much as uh, as good as Kai Havertz has been against Lille. You know, he's not going to be as good against Liverpool and not going to find it as, as good against Van Dyke. He's already scored against them this yeah, season. Yeah, but Van Dyke's ba- back to like big boss Dick Van Dyke that we saw like two seasons ago. That's fine. If, see, Robertson Javier, is godding it up. I, I know I, I know I've said the what if I've told you thing too many times already, but what if I told you that Liverpool fans would prefer it if we started Romelu Lukaku? Because then we'd just be like, we'd just have 10 men. We'd be starting 10 men because Van Dyke would mark him out of the game. So instead of that, we start Kai Havertz up top. We play Mason Mount on the left, Hakim Ziyech on the right. We could even play Pulisic on the left. He scored against them a month ago. Ziyech on the right. He's in the best form of any attacker at Chelsea right now. Uh, Going up against Van Dijk, those players are going to drift into all kinds of different positions. None of them are going to go head to head with him. None of them are going to try and body Van Dijk to win aerial duels. Havertz will just drift wide or drop in and help in the midfield. We won the midfield battle with N'Golo Kante and Kovacic last time we played them. Completely played them off the park. I don't see why those players, plus our defense, who's quietly, we're back to some of our best defensive work recently. Thiago Silva, Rudiger, Christensen are all having a great run of form at the moment. I think it's a tie 1-1. We win on penalties. We bring Kepa in with one of the five substitutions that we get, and he wins us the penalty shootout. You heard it here first, folks. Nah, I think Liverpool win it in, in normal time. I'm going to say 2-1 Liverpool. I won't be disrespectful and say 3-1 Liverpool. But I do think they're going to get a lot of chances against you. I think this is going to be a different... Well, it was it was worth uh, it was worth me, you know... It was a good try, Alex. Making the case. It was a good try. The listeners will, the listeners will hear me, and they'll, they'll, they'll know. <laughs> they'll know. All right, Javier. I think we got everything wrapped up for this week. Uh, there's obviously been other Champions League action we haven't gotten around to talking about. Sorry, we didn't. Uh, we kind of forgot to do a Champions League round of 16. Yeah, preview, no one really cares about that shit anyway, you know? We'll do our picks for. Uh, well, I know you don't keep up with Europe anymore, Javier, but, you know, we, if you guys are going to be back in Champions League next year, we got to get you, you know, back in the swing of things, back to watching it, back to seeing what, like, the rock. What is the level song is. like? You're again? so used to. We are the cha- These are oh, yeah, the see, I don't know the lyrics. Oh, Alex knows it perfectly. Oh, wow, wow, wow. It's, it's, practically, uh, it's practically our song, Javier, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, what I was saying was we should do a uh, Champions League quarterfinal preview whenever uh, those get set. There's still another leg of this round to play, but it'll come right around as soon as you know it. Uh, but Javier, thank you for jumping on this one with me. You can follow Javier on Twitter at JaviArev9. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ASMoss92. 
and you can follow the podcast socials on Instagram and Twitter at Ghost Goal Pod. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, please uh, go ahead and give us a rating or review. If you're not already following us, please do that first, then drop us a rating and a review. Uh, those help new listeners find the pod and really appreciate any help you guys could uh, give us in spreading the word. So enjoy the games this weekend. And until next time, see ya.